decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hey guys, it's Paul Douglas here for IMS Radio, as always with Jeff Ehrman, the publisher of InsideMarylandSports.com. As you can see, this is a little bit of a different show format than we typically do. We're not live. We don't have Larry's beautiful dulcet tones leading the show. Um... Our intention for this show was just a bit of an off-season fun thing we were going to do. I know everybody's got probably got a little PTSD when it comes to the Hunter Dickinson recruitment at this point, but it did get me thinking a little bit about what this kind of insider journalism life is like, where you're trying to balance rumors and innuendo and you know texting with college kids and high school kids and coaches and all these other things. And I just wanted to grab Jeff for like 20 minutes and just kind of break it on down, like what it's like to be in that position. And that was what we were going to do. And it is what we're going to do. However, as usual, uh, news decided to break um, in the intervening couple days here as Ian Martinez, uh, who to me was probably going to be a starter, at least at the beginning of the year at the three for Maryland, decided to transfer um jeff that's a pretty damn big blow to this team for next year uh i gotta say yeah it is i mean it's not a devastating blow it's not like losing jamaria young or somebody like that but you know they from what i've been told they they had no plans of starting him next year i don't think that's sour grapes or spin i think he was going to have a similar role last year as a six man off the bench uh number one guard option you lose your number one guard option off the bench, though, even if he wasn't going to start and you didn't really have any other, you don't have any other proven guards off the bench, that's a big blow. And he, especially because he had improved a ton last year, you know, everybody, the year before, everybody was saying, oh, he's terrible. He needs to go play in Division Two, whatever. And last year he improved a ton. He shot 42% or whatever it was from three-point range, albeit in a pretty small sample size. You know, most athletic guard on the roster. 
probably your best defender coming off your, the bench, one of your best perimeter. And the way it happened was really rough for them because he, they basically found out as everybody else found out on Twitter, he came and told them that night, it was the final night to enter the portal. <clears throat> so it is a big blow, obviously based on what they went out and did going to get Maddie Treor, you know, a big man instead of another guard to replace Martinez. They still feel pretty good about what they had. They are have coming in. They already felt very, um, very bullish. You know, they're, they're optimistic on these freshman guards that are coming in. And now those guys will have to be ready to produce even to a, a higher extent now that Martinez is gone. Boy, they're taking a chance here. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody is expecting uh, Harris Smith to come in. And I mean, he's just, um, he looks like a Terminator robot that was designed to destroy the Big Ten for like two or three years with his size and ability. Um, obviously, Lamoth uh, doesn't quite have the hype, but also gives off some kind of Daryl Morcel uh, vibes a little bit to when you watch his tape. And obviously, Kaiser was a huge recruit. Not sure a guy we would have expected to walk in and put up 12 and five and play 25 minutes a game, but he might have to now. Yeah. I mean, now also, I think, I think everybody, maybe not every single individual has to do more, but collectively they're going to have to do more. And at least one or two guys specifically are going to have to do significantly more, whether that's Jamie Kaiser or Chance Stevens getting a chance, no pun intended to, to play a few more minutes off the bench. I mean, he was he was going to get an opportunity either way, but he was viewed and still is viewed as more of a long-term asset. Uh, now he'll probably get, you know, more minutes at least to, at the beginning to see what he can do. And then Jonathan Lamoth, like you said, I mean, Deshaun Harris-Smith was going to play, <clears throat> you know, probably 25 minutes a game regardless. Sure. Yep. His role probably doesn't change much, but yeah, Lamoth will get more of a try. Some of these other guys, you know, maybe Jahari Long, uh, so it is a blow to depth. They should. I still think that they'll be, you know, I still think they're deeper than last year, even though you lost Hakeem Hart and Martinez just because the freshmen, you know, last year coming off the bench, you know, you really didn't, you had three guys. Uh, so, you know, I think the, they should be deeper. At least they looked deeper before Martinez, but uh, it definitely adds some uncertainty to the mix. And, you know, it's, Willard's portal strategy has been clearly he he's not interested in going out and getting a bunch of stars. I mean, he got a star in Jameer Young last year, not on that Hunter Dickinson level, but, right. you know, top 25, top 30 kind of transfer nationally. Um, so, you know, when you combine that with the fact that they found out so late in the game, you know, th that hurts. But I don't I guess it doesn't matter in terms of guards because they weren't going to even knowing if they had known Martinez was gone leaving, I still don't think they would have taken another guard. Maybe that's wrong, but they've been very mindful of not rocking the boat with these freshman guards. They don't want to take any chances of alienating them and having some one of them transfer next year, which I guess kind of illustrates how much they think of them. Well, that's the whole world now, right? I mean, you got to take care of these guys. The second they face any adversity, they're going to walk and, you know, good for them. They've got the power to do that. Um, I, I think, I think the real danger here is, for me, you go get a guy like Stevens, hoping he becomes a lottery ticket that hits at best, maybe the end of this year, probably next year or the year after. Um, 
assuming you've got a guy like Martinez, you know you can count on to play basically, you know, the two or three. He was the best three-point shooter on the team last year. His athleticism, the different remember, he was coming off an ACL when he transferred to Maryland too. So like seeing the difference last year between the year before was pretty evident. I I, I think whether you thought he was starting or not next year, he was certainly a guy you knew you could count on for minutes. And now you pretty much need all three of the freshmen to to not only contribute, to, but to be fairly good. If you're assuming Stevens isn't going to be ready to contribute more than spot minutes, you don't know. I mean, you can't look at anything Bachelor did last year and ex- expect him to play. You know, do much at the three. You kind of need all three of those freshmen to come in and play right away. And again, Willard's seen these guys a whole lot more than, than we have, and I'm sure they've been bumming around uh, Xfinity during their time off, being you know local guys and whatnot, and playing you know pick up ball with the with the team and whatnot. So they probably have a pretty good idea of what they can bring. But boy, that feels like quite the risk to take if you're looking at next season just solely. Forget the program building aspect here. It is. I mean, he's he's laying a lot on the line on betting on those freshmen. I mean, I think Harris Smith, you know, he, there's no such thing as a sure thing. To me, he's close to a sure thing in terms of at least being a solid Big Ten starter. Yeah, he's you know, not going to hurt you. No, I mean, and, and, and they feel like he's a star. Now, I don't, I don't know if they feel like he's going to average – 16, you know, I don't know if they feel like he's going to be Mellow Trimble next year. Or Hood Shafino kind of. Yeah, and, and the opportunity to be Mellow Trimble isn't even there because there's there are guys there already. Unlike when Mellow arrived, he had, you know, <clears throat> he had to do it. Um, you have Jameer Young, obviously, there now. But, you know, he needs to be everything they think he's going to be. You need Kaiser to probably be in the upper teens in minutes and play well in those minutes. And now Lamothe, you're you're basically hoping he can give you something similar to Ian Martinez off the bench, which is a somewhat similar. He's not as athletic, but kind of similar playing style, more of a facilitator though. You know, Martinez, his shot came along last year. He's very athletic. He's not really a point guard. Lamothe is a little more of a passer. Um, and then, if you can, if either Stevens or Bachelor can be a decent three-point shooting off the bench, come in and make a couple of game, that would be huge. Obviously, you can't bet on that. They're both entirely unproven. Stevens, I mean, he's got a great stroke. He shot 46% as a high school senior. Even in high school, it's hard to shoot 46% from three. But, you know, that is high school. You know, in the West Coast Conference, he averaged six points a game. And then Bachelor really didn't distinguish himself in limited minutes last year. His high school coach, who's coached a lot of great players, called him the best three-point shooter he's ever had. So that's something, but you need to see it. You know, last year he never got into a rhythm. That statement's carrying a lot of weight, man. (laughs) And it has to because otherwise you look at the – you look at the makeup of the team, there is not a single proven three-point shooter. I mean, Dante Scott two years ago was great. 42%. 42%. He was like third in the Big Ten. Hasn't shot nearly as well since then. Jameer Young at Charlotte was good. He was in the probably 36% range in those three years. Last year fell to 31%. So there's a couple guys who could be good. But other than that, there's, you know, you don't really have anybody proven in that area. So that to me, kind of just like it was last year, along with depth in the post, which you would hope will be better last year, at least based on these. 
15 different backup centers, you, you know, big men you've got on the roster now. Uh, Three-point shooting, again, is the biggest question, I think. Oh, man, I felt so good about the depth on this team before that happened. I mean, that was like that was kind of the one thing that, you know, we, that was driving the conversation on the inside MarylandSports.com message boards is how uh, people were excited. Like, we actually have depth now, right? We got like eight or nine guys who can actually play basketball, and then now you don't. Um, it's just one guy. It's not the end of the world. I guess the other ramification here is uh, taking Treore means they've got basically three project centers, right? With Swanton Roger, who gave them very limited minutes, not not empty minutes necessarily, but limited minutes last year. And they've got Brendan Pierce and then you've got Treore coming in. So that's three scholarships, right? Now you start talking about the 24 class, which is the second big building block in trying to turn this roster over and build the program up to an elite level. What are you talking about scholarships here? You're only looking at four now, three. I mean, it, it, I know it's the portal era, so it could go from, you know, two or three to six before you know it, but how does that affect their recruiting going forward? Yeah, it's so hard now with the portal, like you said, to project because you just have no idea heading in the off season or even this far ahead of time, who's going to leave, how many guys, probably a, you always kind of average it out and assume it'll be about a four man class. That would be my guess. Uh, Derek queen, obviously being the big fish, you know, we're talking about centers. So you probably assume one of those big guys is it will be moving along next year just because of the numbers there. Treore isn't necessarily just a center. I mean, six eleven, but he's not a banger by any stretch. He's more of a skill, athletic finesse kind of guy. So yeah. he could be more before um, than anything. So, but you know, this year, given the pinch, he could also play the five if he's ready to do anything, which we have no idea because <clears throat> he played a total of like 50 minutes last year in New Mexico state after getting there halfway through the year. So you have no idea. Swan Roger, I feel like could be a serviceable piece based on what we saw last year. If he makes, you know, a halfway decent progression this year, I feel like he could give you some solid minutes off the bench. You know, if Julian Reese can stay out of foul trouble, you won't need tons of backup minutes at the five, but that's a big if, you know, he was like, one of the top five most whistled players whistled against, however you want to phrase that foul prone in, in power five last year. So that makes it even more uh, tenuous of a situation. Well, you know what, what, what would keep me up at night is the fact that, uh, you know, you could imagine a very, very easily imagined scenario where uh, Reese leaves after this year. And basically your fours and fives are those three guys I just mentioned who've proven absolutely nothing in, in in college basketball. So that's the thing that would concern me the most. I mean, we'll we'll get through our concerns about this year first before we get our concerns about next year, but there is certainly there are some things that are uh that are on the table that could be a little scary. Even if you pick up a queen, you know, what else you got going on there? So fun times, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, power forward is pretty much a blank slate for next year. Unless you go small with Kaiser, maybe, but then you've got another big, you know, wing-sized hole to fill. So yeah. it's uh, it's great. But, you know, let's not linger on that bad news. Let's get to the Hunter Dickinson bad news. No, we already did that. Um, but let's get back to what we were going to do uh, originally for this show. Um, 
I just really kind of wanted to talk about how we got here in terms of, I mean, I think many of us have been on, on message boards for a long time, um, have kind of been drawn by whoever the publisher is, right? Whoever the the insider is. And, and this was a new thing in the 90s, in the early 2000s, when these things got really popular. And I guess uh, leading to this point, I'm just kind of curious for you, like if you did that record scratch thing, right now and you know wondered hey this is me how did i get here <laughs> you know did you imagine yourself being in the middle of a hunter dickinson recruitment you know with with all these you know you're basically the guy getting texts from the kid and probably getting your own text from a million other reporters about how you know you're inside this thing like how did you even get to this point yeah it's funny during this season with when he kept talking so much about maryland people started on, on, on inside MD sports on the message boards, people started jokingly, maybe half jokingly speculating about him transferring to Maryland. Of course, I brushed it off uh, as ridiculous. And then I think it was um, maybe like the third week of April or excuse me, the third week of March, I, someone with close ties at your beloved DeMatha texted me um that there was talk that that Justin Moore could transfer from Villanova, which we already knew was a possibility, which I'd been reporting for a few months, but then also that Dickinson could also do that. And it would be a, you know, kind of a DeMatha reunion between those two and Mike Jones and Jim Bear Young, uh, all of whom were together at DeMatha, obviously. And I didn't think it sounded a little wild, but then I started hearing more about it. So I reported on the site, hey, you know, there's some talk out there that this could be a thing. You know, normally no, we, we've we've heard the super friends stuff before, right? Yeah. Like this isn't new, and it almost never comes together. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I sent Dickinson a, a text asking about it. He didn't respond, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is there's probably nothing to this. I mean, I knew even if it was true, he probably wasn't going to respond at that point. And then what do you know? So I reported it that day that the that was, speculation was making the rounds. I think that was before it had been reported anywhere that it might be a, a thing. And then five days later, he entered the portal and I immediately got a text message from him saying, sorry, I could neither confirm nor deny, you know, my original text. And, um, and you know, from there, it just took off really quickly. You know, I've been lucky to build some pretty good sources at Maryland. So I was able to get a pretty quick read on how they viewed him and whether they thought he was interested, which they did. Uh, well, and they originally weren't necessarily going to push, right? Because it, it's, it's complicated with, with the resituation and there wasn't yeah. a big, there weren't a giant Hunter Dickinson sized hole in the roster. No, Willard clearly was not concerned about missing out because he didn't jump fast enough. Like he, it was a full week, you know, I reported during that time, the biggest hangup was, finding out if Reese, if Julian Reese would be good with Dickinson coming on board and sliding him to the four and then found out that they had the conversation and Reese was good with it. And once he gave the, the go ahead, cause he's basically viewed as kind of the franchise at Maryland, understandably. Um, then they started to recruit him hard. Mike Jones, you know, used his connections, was in touch with him a lot. You know, I think, he, you know, a lot of people just based on his background have come to the conclusion he was trolling Maryland or using them or this or that. I don't think so, you know, and 
and this isn't being a homer. If I, if I thought it was the case, I would hundred percent say it, but based on my conversations with him and other people involved, I think he was very seriously considering Maryland. Uh, he didn't, I think he didn't know until about 36 hours before he decided and it came down to Maryland, Kansas. And, you know, the biggest thing probably was the NIL Maryland. Kevin Willard just isn't like we've discussed before. He's not, he's not about that, you know, blockbuster bidding war lifestyle and transfer portal. So they raised, you know, a decent amount of money. They, they pledged what was well outside of their typical comfort zone, but it still was not in the same neighborhood as Kansas's. Well, it's fascinating um, seeing, you know, obviously NILs is just its own kind of, you know, wild west right now, but seeing a school like Kentucky, which you would assume has been paying players since, you know, the beginning of time, right. Being like, Oh, oh well, we don't, we're not just going to write you a check. You got to earn that on your own. Like I, I don't, I didn't, that was an interesting, that bed made the most impo- interesting thing to me out of that whole uh, month of back and forth about Dickinson was a school like Kentucky just being like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> like, how does that work? Like, what, I don't know. I guess it's uh, on a larger scale. I guess I'm I'm kind of curious. Like when you get when you get rumors like that, you know how do you how do you judge, you know what's reportable and what's not because it's so. I mean, you guys you guys have like a really unique space. I mean, basically, you're reporting on rumors based on their level of truth, based on your own judgment, right? Yeah. And, you know, you could you could say Thursday, Hunter Dickinson, you know, Maryland leads for Hunter Dickinson. And Friday, you could say Kentucky leads for Hunter Dickinson. And Saturday, you could say Kansas leads for him. And all of those statements could be true on that one day. And everybody's going to think you're a liar. Right. Everything. Everybody's yeah. going to think they're juicing. You're juicing them up. So how do you, you know, from, you know, we both went to journalism school. So, like, you know, having been trained in that realm, how do you deal with kind of like deciding how you handle these situations and what's publishable, what, you know, what's not? Yeah. It's funny what you said about things changing because they did change a lot. You know, at the beginning, it seemed like Maryland and Kansas, that's what it ended up being, you know, in between there was a, a minute where I was hearing a lot about Villanova and Kentucky. There were rumors they were making a late push and, I don't go with anything that I don't, I don't trust, you know, people say, Oh, you're just putting out clickbait. I mean, that's just stupid. You know, that's how you lose, you know, you lose trust. And well, because if your clickbait's wrong, like that's not helping you. Right. right. I mean, I mean, if you, you know, if, if you, if you posted nothing, but you know, a month in the beginning saying it looks like Maryland and Kansas and the day before he decides it looks like Maryland, Kansas, you win. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that helps you more than anything else. The other stuff, you're just trying to, you know, post what you hear, right? I mean, I, I guess you just have to make that judgment as to what you feel like is, is has, you know, kind of crossed that threshold, you know? Well, and I was reporting almost every day on it, whether it was little things about he, he's going to visit here. You know, we had a lot of things first, he's going to visit here, or, or he's, uh, he's back in Maryland on a secret visit today, all these little things. And, in the end, people just assume that that means you think he's going to Maryland or whatever else. And in the end, 
they try to basically punish you for reporting so much because they'll say this didn't end up being the case or you said at one point Villanova right. wasn't it or whatever else. Well, you were sitting on the sideline the whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> so you have these people, and it's happened with coaching searches too before, these people who just say, ah, I can't get any information. I'm not going to write anything. And I'm writing every day. And then at the end, they try to ding you for for reporting, for doing your job too often or whatever. But in terms of like credibility, it's the same way really that you decide in a daily basis if some what somebody's telling you is true. It's how well you know them. Have, have they been accurate in the past? How close are they to the situation? If I get something from a recruit himself or a coach who's recruit, recruiting him, then I know it's pretty much ironclad. If it's from a, like a secondary source, but that has been proven to be accurate in the past, I'll report it with confidence. You know, if it's just a rumor where I have no idea if it's true, I won't say anything about it. Or if it's something like the, the rumor about him and Justin Moore, and it's coming from a source that's pretty close to it, then I'll say, hey, this is this is speculation. I don't have it confirmed because, you know, I'm not writing for a newspaper. People aren't paying me to find out what happened yesterday or find out information that they can find anywhere else. They want the scoop. You know, right. they want they want the, the, the low down dirty stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So I'm not just going to put out any rumor. But if I hear something that is not 100 percent confirmed and I present it as such, but it's something that's compelling and, you know, um, is the sort of thing that they pay for, then, yeah, I mean, that's what we do. People, you know, the people who say, um you picked this kid to go to Maryland six months ago and he did it. And like, if you're, if that's your way of viewing it, then you shouldn't be on a site like ours. You should just wait, <laughs> until, wait until the press release comes out. But I, I think, I mean, I think my track record is pretty good overall at um, putting out pretty accurate information and also being first with it. And, it, you know, people also like to ding journalists. Oh, everybody wants to be first. Well, yeah, I mean, a, we're competitive. I played sports forever growing up. I don't play sports anymore. I got to get, well, I play casually, but you know, I'm not on teams <laughs> right. you know, I'm putting on my stirrups to go <laughs> game anytime soon. So you get that competitive aspect. And also as a business, there's no better way to get people on your site than by having something nobody else has. Well, and then it's, you know, it's tough too, because you're trying to report on things that have to do with other schools. So everybody's going to assume that you're taking the more Maryland like read of the situation when you know that can harm and hurt you you in terms of credibility right because it's not again i'm not sure it does you any benefit to say you know maryland's going to land this you know maryland's favor for this kid for a kid that they're not favored with because if they end up signing somewhere else like yeah those guys that thread's going to have a hundred upvotes but like people are going to feel like they got you know the wool thrown, thrown over their eyes a little bit at the end yeah, it's the boy who cried wolf, you know, like they might, I might get subscriptions out of it, but those people are going to cancel once they decide that I don't know, know what I'm talking about. And the, some of it, I think, is that there are some people in the in this business that do pump a lot of sunshine about their teams that they cover. You know, maybe they were not necessarily in journalism before they started doing this. So they right. were fans and fell into it. So that's their background. So they view it a little bit different than I do. I mean, I had Maryland having a good chance with Dickinson, but even in the final 24 hours, I said, you know, Maryland's confident, but they don't seem to know who the other team is. And in my experience, 
that's not always a good thing because if you don't know who the other team is, there's a good chance the other team knows, uh, you know. Right. So it's very rare that nobody involved knows what's going down. So, like, I, I mean, I'll keep it, you know, I'll keep it honest like that and always have. And, you know, maybe there's times when some of the stuff I get, if it's coming from a Maryland-related source, is more optimistic because these recruiters are – they have to be – by nature, super optimistic about what they're doing. It's such a difficult job, but overall, I try I try to go out of my way not to be one of those, you know, guys typing with, with pom poms in his hands. Well, in the past, I mean, I I think you could say there are certain staffs, uh, media people who maybe overrate their standing, <laughs> and and pass that information on to certain people. And that can land you in some trouble too, right? Yeah, that's happened. I mean, there was a, I'm not going to name names, but there was a big football recruitment for a few months ago, local uh, five-star that, you know, there were some people who felt, who were recruiting him, who felt a little more confident in their standing than w- the reality was. And and I, you know, I felt like it was pretty pretty genuine information. And, um, you know, I think NIL was part of some of that too, why they lost out. Um, but yeah, it happens, you know, there's no, and there's no, it's not like there's like, I always tell people, it's not like sometimes a, a recruit knows where they're going months ahead of time. And there is a, there is a, an actual answer you're trying to figure out. And they're just lot. going through the steps. Kinda. Yeah. Not more of the time it's, it's a open ended equation. So it's not people always just they look at it like this thing, like you, you're supposed to figure out what the sometimes the answer is not there until the end. Like with Dickinson, I don't think he knew literally until that Tuesday where he was going. Yeah. Do you think he was actually interested in in the Villanovas in the Kentuckys or was he just kind of making sure? Because it really did seem to me that the end of the recruitment sounded a lot like kind of what we were talking about offline when you first broke it down to us, just for our information as we were doing our show. I think he was open-minded going to those places. I think he was quickly convinced that going to Villanova with a young head coach who struggled in his first year is an enormous risk, you know, with your final year possibly to put that all in that situation. Uh, coach with no track record and then Kentucky he didn't seem interested from the jump they really had to talk him into going there to visit so other than that one little spell where there was some talk and some concern in Maryland that Kentucky might be making a push uh, I feel like those two were kind of distant distant runners up behind Maryland and Kansas all right enough about that recruitment Um, I'll have to put my dusty DeMatha letter jacket away um, for the time being and uh, didn't quite work out the way you wanted to, but that's all right. It's going to happen. Um, I guess I'd like to end this uh, thinking about uh, something that, uh, you know, give me the one story that you're the most proud of in terms of breaking and working hard and, and getting the right result. And then also give me the one that just eats at your soul. However, many, many years later that might be. One I'm probably most proud of is the Big Ten move. You know, it's not often people in my role and my part of the supposed part of the ecosystem break that level of story. It's usually ESPN or a big newspaper or something like that. So 
you know, I feel like that was, that's probably, that's got to be the biggest story I've ever broken. I am a little mad at myself on that one, though. My regret there is, like, I had it nailed pretty much from start to finish on the day that they, it came out that they were going to accept the Big Ten's offer, which I knew they were. I got a phone call from a really good source who'd helped me throughout saying it's done. They're, they're accepting. And I was a little skittish about just putting it out there, full article form, you know, for the whole world to see. But that's a giant uh, story. I mean, if you're wrong on that, story. like, you know, that's that's the type yeah. of thing that could really hurt your credibility. Yeah, exactly. So, so I posted it. I broke it on the on the message board, on the subscriber board, and had it a while before it broke in the mainstream. Looking back with what I know now, that was a grave error. If you have something that big and you're confident with it, you know, that's a really good skill. That's really valuable for your brand and your site and everything. So that one, I wish I had I just blown the roof off of it publicly, but I'm still proud that, that we broke that one because that's, you know, arguably the biggest story in Maryland in decades, depending on, it's weird because it's a whole different like species of story. It's not like a coaching hire or a recruit. It's, it's unusual, but, and then, the one that bothers me is when Gary Williams retired, you know, it came out of nowhere, as you remember, it was yeah. just totally out of the blue, no speculation. Um, I'd had like some gut feelings. Maybe he would think about it that year, but nothing of, of real substance. And the story broke and I'm like, oh, shit. And I just start writing and I'm writing. I put up the article and then I go back and I look at my email and I had gotten an email about 30 minutes before from a guy who, who knew one of the coaches telling me that Gary had just told them all that he was retiring. <laughs> Man, I just want to jump out of the freaking window. Like, I just, I missed the email. And who emails something like that? Like, text me, man. That's right. You know? Um, and back well, I mean, then, this, is, this is 2010, right? So, I mean, you know. Yeah. A lot of people were still emailing stuff back then, but I, I wasn't it. using I wasn't using Gmail yet. I don't know if Gmail existed, so I didn't get any notification to my phone. You were know, like Jeff Ehrman at uh, AOL.com back then? Like, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So um, I'm sure there's many that I've missed. In terms of whiffing, though, you know, they're, they're, I've, I've been doing this for 18 years, so you're going to whiff on some. Obviously, Devin, Devon Dotson point guard went to Kansas I pretty much felt like he was going to Kansas on that day though some really good sources started telling me that he that he was saying he was going to Maryland and about three hours before the commitment I, I ran with that said I'm hearing that he's you know he's picking Maryland and I'm putting my crystal ball in you know I don't have it as a done deal but that's what I'm hearing and these are you know I, I posted the names before these are people everybody knows who from Maryland circles who also know him and it turns out it was one of those occasionally they like to do a smoke screen to throw people off it was one of those and they got me with that one so people always like to bring that one up um you know there's been there's been others but really the biggest regret is the, is the gary one because i pride <laughs> myself in, in owning all those big stories i feel like we've broken when it comes to all the turgeon stuff when he left you know durkin and, and locks hires and all this other stuff but we've broken a pretty good 
chunk of them. Well, Debbie so Yao was a big one too, right? I mean, I, I, I actually, I'm very proud of my very tiny part in, uh, in breaking that story. If, if you remember, I think, I think you were getting it. I'm not sure if you were getting it from the NC State side of things or what it was, but I remember us kind of having our group chat or whatever. And, um, and it was the same night. I know you were like kind of teeter-tottering as to whether you wanted to report it or not at that point. And it was the same night as the Terrapin Club annual meeting that year. And I had a bunch of guys who were there. So I'm texting them. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Is Debbie at this thing? You know, is she acting weird? Whatever. And I got a text back about 10 minutes later. And they said that um, she was giving her speech and she broke down and started crying. And I'm like, Jeff, run, run with it. Run with it. I know. I'm like, there's no way that evil ice princess is doing that if, if something's not up. Yeah. And I think not long after that, you got some other tip and you just ran with it. And I think you beat everybody on that one. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that one. And that was a good one just to get, yeah. her, out, get her out of here. She was no, uh, well, another episode at some point on my experiences dealing with her. You know, that oh, might dude, be- we need to do the, the, the Jeff Ehrman uh, Festivus poll episode <laughs> where it just... Just lay all those grievances out there, man. I've had, I have an unhealthy amount of them, and I'm, I'm afraid of how that would look. <laughs> well, what is it? Is it 20 years of this now? Like, how long? I mean, because I... Um, when I was at the PG Journal, just covering Maryland, uh, on and off, along with high schools and recruiting and stuff, that was 2001. But I actually started doing this online at Scout in 2005, so... Okay. On 20 years somehow, man. It's unbelievable. It's, uh, I used it as an example for my son because at the time I was working in newspapers and obviously I followed Maryland very closely well before that. And I noticed nobody was really doing anything with the scout site. So I emailed them and said, do you need a, some freelance help? And that's how it started. So I kind of always, and, and here we are now. And uh, so I used that as an example for my son. Like you take the initiative, man. I'd be if I didn't just take the initiative to send that email and say, why not? I'd be working at a newspaper right now. And we know how rough of a life that is for a lot of people. Hopefully you'd be working at a newspaper because I heard a lot of people doing that anymore. I might be in, I might have jumped to the the dark side and be in PR by this point. Uh, So I use that as an example. Always just go ahead and send the email, send the text, you know, nothing. It can't hurt to try. So that's how it started. And then, uh, Launched independently three years later and moved a couple times since then. And here we are. Yeah. You saved us from the uh, Mike Hogan era at the uh, scout.com. <laughs> Who, if you know, you know, I remember, I remember I actually subscribed and I remember like, cause everybody was excited about it. Cause he's such a huge fan. Right. And so they were all fired up. And, and I remember like five days had gone by with zero content or maybe a week. I don't know. And all of a sudden, he just posted, like, you need that Gravis Vasquez shot chart from the Capitol Classic? I got it. And that was, like, his, his first couple <laughs> He's, like, a very, very proudly presenting Gravis' uh, shot chart from the Capitol Classic. Hey, it's but, wrong. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with that. Just, hey. you know, you might want to add some little extra to little extra context here and there. Just so like, if I tried to go do whatever he does for a living or what you do or anybody else does, I would – Failed just as miserably. I just got really lucky that sports writing happened to be the thing I wanted to do all the way from when I was a kid. We all have our roles, right? Um, all right. Last thing before we go, it, give me just a, 
a ridiculously stupid recruiting story. Like you've got to have collected some like kind of crazy ones over the time. And, uh, and let's reward the people for sticking through us for the, through this one and all the, uh, all the Dickinson talk. Crazy recruiting stories. Let's see. I remember we got the kid who, um, the football kid who launched the rocket into space yeah, and committed. He, like that was. Cordarian Richardson was his yeah. name. Usually by signing day, you've heard every name that could be a possibility. It's very rare. Somebody's going to pop up out of the blue and sign with the school you cover. And all of a sudden he popped up and committed from outer space. He like launched a drone into outer space. And it was, it was wild. He never ended up in Maryland. Um, we took, we'll take the stars though. I mean, the stars were nice. Yeah, he always liked the class ranking. Yeah. Um, oh, man, there's been so many. Schneider Harrard kid popped up out of nowhere, <laughs> transferred from Ole Miss, was there for a semester, and then left school without the coaches even knowing. Yeah, he just rolled out, right? Just not yeah. even a – Just left. Um, there were a lot of kids who – before NIL and some schools were doing NIL anyways, who seemed like they were going to Maryland and ended up at Kansas or wherever else. Silvio de Souza was a crazy one. Maryland yeah. about him completely locked up. And then all of a sudden, I think quietly Larry Brown, you know, cause Larry Brown had helped Turgeon out because he was obviously his protege, but Bill Self was his protege too. So he, you know, he hooked he hooked Urgent up with Bruno Fernando though. So you can't yeah. say he didn't get anything out of it. That was a that was a Larry Brown situation. But DeSouza was basically done to Maryland. Then this story came out where a bunch of schools supposedly had paid him. Maryland was listed in some of those. They denied it. There was never any no proof ever ever came out. Yeah, because that was part part of the larger story with uh, that got into the FBI and all that stuff, right? Yeah, and then. In the FBI story, one of I think it was one of the Kansas assistants had said on a wiretap, I don't remember the specifics, but it was that they had to pay his handler money because Maryland had requested a refund or something like that, or the booster at Maryland had requested. Like, I don't think you get refunds on <laughs> under-the-table bribes. I don't think it's, that's how it works. Isn't that and like it, like calling the cops because somebody stole your weed? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, exactly. That's not how it works exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, so then he goes to Kansas and then has that crazy brawl where he like swung a chair at a guy. Totally didn't pan out, as is often the case with these guys who there's so much hype about uh, and they end up doing next to nothing. Um, I'd have to think that that'd be a good uh, that'd be a good episode. I, I could come up with a good list, you know, when I'm not just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, football more so than basketball. You know, football. Well, there's just more, right? I mean, yeah. oh, the, the Victor Abiyamiri football was blue chip. You talk about the, that. That's like the OG uh, recruiting, like doink story. Local five star from Baltimore, defensive end. Another guy who didn't pan out, by the way. Uh, but Maryland had him locked up, and then it came out that uh, obviously Maryland supposedly had given him a Xbox or whatever. It got pinned on one of the assistants. I don't know if it was the assistant who did it or somebody way higher up from the top. It, of the somebody, somebody needed to. There needed to be blood, and uh, yeah. and there was blood. Yeah, there was the, the assistant Rod Sharpless. Was Rod Sharpless. Name. Yep. With the fall for it, so then the kid couldn't go to Maryland, so he ends up switching to Notre Dame. Didn't do a lot there. Um, 
there, there, if I had a minute, there, there's tons of them. That's we should do an episode. Yeah, on recruiting uh, stories. We're gonna do that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I said part of what we wanted to do here is do some things a little bit differently, just to pop into your uh, into your podcast and onto your YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube and to podcasts. Leave a review, a good one, hopefully. Um, all that stuff really helps us out. Obviously, subscribe to Jeff's site at InsideMarylandSports.com. Follow us where you can on Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all the all the stuff. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to try and do a little bit more of this kind of outside-the-box stuff on top of doing the big show, but we'll break everything down and have uh, Larry running a much more intricate and uh, detailed uh, ship than this one was today. But I hope you guys uh, enjoyed yourself. Jeff, thanks for oh, joining Paul, me. Paul, Kelvin yep. Johnson, I forgot that one. Who was that? Johnson. Oh, God, that Johnson. hurts. Johnson. I don't want to be reminded of that. From Virginia, I got a call. He's finally committed to Maryland. He's going to announce, and the next day, uh, he's talking to ESPN. He wants to announce on ESPN News or whatever on Friday. John Calipari misses on whoever it was. I'd have to look it up at, at the time and decides to go all in on him. The Kentucky factor wins out. Next thing you know, all the fans are saying that I'm that I'm full of it because I said he was coming to Maryland. Uh, that that was another fiasco right there. Yeah, that was uh, that whole recruiting class, man. That with with Dodson, I mean that. That hurt. They still got Wiggins out of that class. Moses Brown. Moses Brown. Now they knew Moses Brown was going to be a, a shit show, I think, to begin with. But um, the other two, uh, that was like the monster class. That uh, that was the original monster class. They didn't get any of them. I think they ended up with a good. Well, no. Who did they end up? Well, with? that was the Wiggins class, right? Wasn't it? Wiggins. Um. um not Herder. Uh, uh, oh man, that's going to drive me crazy now. They all blend together. I don't know. What yeah. I before I don't know how people keep this years apart, <laughs> both in terms of the, the results of the games and the recruiting class. I've covered so long, and it all blends together. I think they ended up with a solid class, but it was it was certainly a, a a a good class, but it was not it was not the monster that they really looked like they were going to pull, and and really could have changed. I think Turgeon's career here, um, you know, if you if you brought in Dotson and you brought in Keldon along with Wiggins and some of these other guys, like that was that was going to be a pretty pretty silly bunch. So, alas, working all the local talent and everything else in Maryland, the monster class is perpetually coming next year. That's right. It's be like that. Hopefully not, but could be like that till I retire. It's right around the corner, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Really appreciate your time. Like I said, please subscribe on YouTube. We've been trying to pump that page up. Get us a little bit of spending cash. We'll upgrade. And hey, more more money we make, the more shows we do. It's easier to justify to the families and the kids that we're ignoring right now. You know what I mean? Um, Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you guys soon.